0: We continue with our study of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, known as the love chapter. Love in today's world has many meanings. Paul uses the Greek word agape to define the level of love described as Christian love. Christian love, whether exercised toward the brethren or toward men generally, is not an impulse from feelings. The Apostle Paul defines this type of love by what it is and by what it isn't. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he explains this passage in today's portion of this week's message entitled, "How to Be a Great Lover." Now you've heard it said as often as I am, as I have, maybe you've said it yourself, um, I know I have, when I've been embarrassed ashamed, sorrowful, and wanting to repent from something. Somebody may say something nasty, or they might let something profane or insulting or demeaning come out of their mouth towards someone else, and then they'll come back and say, oh, I just said that in anger. Now, that's as if saying that you said it in anger means there's a giant eraser and you didn't really say those words. It's as if that makes the hurt go away. It's as if that means your words didn't count because you were out of control. Well, believe me, the hurt remains. The words do count. And I don't think I need to remind you of Matthew chapter 12. Jesus says, we are accountable to God for every single word that crosses our lips. Love does not let itself get hurt provoked. Facet number nine of the love diamond. Love does not take into account a wrong suffered. This is pretty simple. Love does not do relational bookkeeping of wrongs suffered. Now, we do speak truth in love. Sometimes when the wrong has been done, it does need to be dealt with. But love forgives As much as it has been forgiven by God. Now, remember, Vine said that this kind of love does not follow the natural affections? Well, human nature screams from your wicked heart that you should remember and keep track of every time that you are offended. Agape does no such thing. Love does not store up resentment. Love bears no malice. Love does not bury the hatchet and leave the handle sticking out for ready reference. Love memorizes Romans 12, verse 19, again from the pen of the Apostle Paul. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord." Um, By the way, let me just say here while we're talking about not taking into account a wrong suffered and leaving vengeance to God, some of the silliest advice ever given to people is just a three-word axiom, forgive and forget. Now, that's really good until you get past the first word. Um, I don't know anybody who has the ability to forget on command. Now, I forget naturally, and I'm getting better and better at that. But what this means is that when it says love does not take into account a wrong suffered, it means agape lets go of the desire for revenge. It refuses to use past mistakes as a weapon against another person. I cannot command you to forget. Now, when somebody says forgive and forget, what they mean is we want to be able to carry on in a sense of normal without bringing that thing up again. I get that, but that's different than thinking you can actually forget. And some people say, well, I can forgive him or I can forgive her, but I just can't forget. Well, of course not. If it was something traumatic, it's going to be... Very easy for you to remember, but you're not going to take that wrong suffered into account when you choose how you're going to deal with that person in the future. All right, the love diamond, facet number 10. Love does not rejoice in unrighteousness. This one and the next one together describe the legitimate reason for rejoicing and the illegitimate Reason for rejoicing. What this one is saying is agape never finds pleasure in someone else's downfall or in someone else's sin. True godly love can never rejoice over a violation of God's righteous standards. Even if it appears to produce a pleasant result, I mean, face it, we we all, we all love it when we see the person who's done something wrong get caught, get punished. But that's, that's the work of God to deal with all of those things. We don't rejoice in unrighteousness. Facet number 11. Let's flip that over. Love rejoices with the truth. We don't rejoice in unrighteousness, but we rejoice with the truth. How interesting... The opposites here in verse 6 are truth and righteousness, or or truth and unrighteousness. You would think it would be truth and falsehood, or unrighteousness and righteousness. But it's clear from the way these words are used, truth and and righteousness are sisters. Uh, More than just the true right way of life, the truth that Paul was referring to is the whole body of all the teaching that constitutes the Word of God. So love rejoices with the truth. We would say then that error or tolerating error, that is inconsistent with agape. Error is distorting what the Bible teaches. And so, no matter how good-sounding something is, no matter how humanitarian something might be, it's not loving if it is associated with error. Love, since it is one of the attributes of God, love is always in harmony with the true doctrines of the Word of God. Now, that brings us to verse 7, the final verse of the love pericope, And it contains the four final facets of the love diamond. They are four positive descriptions of hyperbole. They are the four that contain that phrase, all things. And all four of them are stated in the form of hyperbole. Hyperbole is where you overstate something for the sake of emphasis. I've told you that a million times. Now, you have to see it that way. You have to keep that in mind. Or you might be confused by the guardrails that are placed on agape in the earlier verses and wonder how they fit with these verses. You have to, you have to marry all of this together. All right, let's, let's look at these last four. Facet number 12, love bears all things. The root meaning of the verb that's translated bear means to cover closely, um, like to seal up something tightly enough that water wouldn't leak from it. It was used metaphorically to cover up the faults of others. In other words, agape love overlooks what is not pleasing. The, the derived meaning of this word is along the lines of enduring or bearing patiently, without ceasing to do what is best for the other person, love holds up under the burdens and the troubles that are brought on us by others. You know, loving people, when they're people just like you, they're sinners, they mess up, even well-intended ones are still not flawless while they're in this life, and they still live with this—the the body of this death, and so there are things that you have to bear up under that you didn't cause. Well, that's what love does. Number 13. (laughs) Facet number 13. Love believes all things. Now, this is not talking about believing in the sense of putting faith in God for salvation. It, It refers to taking what people say at face value. Now, love is not... Suspicious and distrustful. Now, don't press that too far so that you get to the point that you imply that love is gullible, love is foolish, love is easily deceived. But what it does mean is that love prefers to err in the direction of being too generous rather than suspecting another person unjustly. If you tell me something, I'm going to assume that you're telling me the truth. I'm going to assume that you mean what you say. Now, I might have reason to doubt the accuracy of what you just said, like about six posts that I read on the Internet today. All right, I I went and checked them out and and debunked them. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm violating that love believes all things, but um, don't go... Overboard with undiscriminating trust, but start from the point of believing other people, especially a fellow Christian. And remember, by the way, God lives in your brother or sister in Christ just as He does in you. So start by assuming the best of the other person. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you